millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Derek. And I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Welcome back to another episode of... Mostly and welcome to another episode of Mostly Lit. How's everybody doing today? Uh, how you doing, Alex? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. We're down a voice today because Ray's been held up with some work stuff. Yeah, so, so we the are... Volume, the volume today is going to be reduced. We are reducing the volume today. Um, but yes, we are still... We're still here, <laughs> Derek and I. Um, hopefully, you guys all had a good week. How has your week been as well? Uh, my week's been <laughs> dramatic. Um, it's been a rough week. I won't even lie. Like mm-hmm. this week, I was um, I was diagnosed with um, borderline personality disorder, mm. as well as the depression. Yeah. So I was kind of like, wow, okay, this is this is cool, you know. <laughs> um, but it's funny because when I was you know talking to the mental health specialist and my GP, and they were kind of going through everything that the people with borderline personality disorder display. Yeah. It was like I was reading a horoscope or something. Like my stuff, it was so <laughs> weird. Um, and I was just thought, wow, I really just thought like I was just a, a weird you. Like, or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's strange because I think the one that really got me was the um, the kind of excessive spending and you have like this impulse to just do a reckless spend. And I thought, I don't do that. And then I thought, Hold on a minute. I've got uh, like a hundred perfumes at my house <laughs> that I just go and buy on a mm. whim. Do you know what I mean? And put myself in this shit. I've got to eat like beans on toast for the next couple of weeks because I ain't got no money. Um, but yeah, so that was that was eventful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I really think like when I was at the hospital, I think they were gonna try and section me or something. Do you know what I mean? Not because I was moving mad, but because when I came in. And what I had done to myself, they were kind of just like, two guys walked in, they were about mental health specialists. They were just kind of like, we've never ever seen a black man come through here who, who does this. Yeah. The guy was like, I've been doing this for 10 years. He's like, I've never seen a black man come through. He's like, I'm not saying they don't do it, but it's just like, I've never seen it's it. unheard of. And it just made me think like, raw, like, I mean, personally, that just must mean they're really, really suffering in silence. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I personally don't know of a... Um, 
a black guy who self harms or anything like that. I've never met one. I don't know if you have. You might have. There might have been somebody. I mean, when I was at school, there were a few people who um, self harmed. Black guys. Um, yeah, I think. I think so. Oh, is it? I okay. can't really remember. In what way did they self harm? Um, it was the lighters. Ah. Okay. And um, some of them uh, self harmed. Obviously, with the slice slit in their forearms and their mm. wrists and whatnot. Yeah, um, a lot of women did it. Yeah, um, black women, mixed race. Really? Um, yeah. But What's, where did you go to school? Northwest. Mm, yeah, Northwest. Ah, stressful area. Well, I don't know. I think it was just a. Gen- <laughs> I it just, I just, you know, like it was just one of them. Yeah, one of those spaces. Everybody was like going through shit. Yeah, you yeah. See what I mean. Everybody was going through shit, and yeah. um, you know, everybody was trying to, like, you know, therapy wasn't something that anybody had heard of, mm. anything, any, any heard of to do, or felt like it was something that they needed. So, yeah, difficult times, difficult places, yeah. and everybody grows up in their shit. Yeah. So, yeah. this is what we got to deal with. You see what I mean? Mm. But, you know, now you know. Yeah, I so, mean, it's a, it's a tough one for me because I really. It makes me feel a bit sick because I'm, I'm a control freak, and I want accountability for everything I do, every decision I make. So when someone's saying, "Oh, your behavior has been influenced by this or that," it makes me, it makes me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you know, shit happens. Here, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Do you know what I mean? And I'm being this open about it because I just feel like, why should I be? ashamed why should i be embarrassed why should i do you know i not it's talk not about it it's not something to be ashamed about of course just yeah figuring exactly. out how to manage it now yeah and especially especially when i heard the thing about you know black men it just really made me think these guys are just suffering in, in silence they have to be you know so if i'm talking about openly perhaps somebody else might then start talking about it openly and then we can get our shit together we can, we you know can, we, we can, can heal together you know <laughs> but anyway that's been my week um how's your week been alex i mean on lighter notes i guess um <laughs> my week's been pretty cool to be honest mm. um you know hearing the news and then also um writing and working on my own projects what news what you just told me oh right okay and then um yeah working on my own projects and just trying to figure out like where that fits and you know, just things that I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure out how how I'm going to get it all done. Um, you know, there's always seems to be, always seem to be up against the clock for some reason, which I'm really trying to just simplify my life, like, at mm. the end of the day. So, um, I'm like, I'm not on, I'm not on certain, certain social media platforms. I'm literally just, just peaceful. Talk. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm peaceful. Like, I find myself, um, like actually going through my phone because I deleted the app. Actually, just found myself going through my phone. I'm just like, oh my god! Like, let's see, where's the like? You know, when you have the certain apps you go to like habitually. Yeah. And I go to the app and it says, and it's like I went to the app for like the first few days and it was logged out. And I was like, oh, and then, so I just it just meant that I wasn't going to log back in, right? Kind of thing. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just I'm I'm out here working. I'm out here working. I'm trying to keep my mind right. That's good. Man. Um, I'm working. Next stage is getting my body right, and then, 
you know, everything's just going to have to Living your in. best life. Well, yeah, everything's just going to have to fall into place into the way it has to go. Mm. And, um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a relatively good week. Um, what like I say, I went to, sorry, one second, I went to the um, Fourth Estate Guardian Bame short story prize. That's such a, that's, that's such a long title. Right. I think that might need to change. But um, yeah, I went there and it was an amazing night. Like just shout out to everybody that came and all the, winner um like i was just there chilling um mm-hmm. yeah i think that those kind of writings those kind of writing awards those kind of short story awards are so important of just course. to kind of get people to get people into writing fam look guy uh, guy gonna write me bro he's now you know long listed for the man book guy and he, he he wrote for them didn't he yeah yeah, yeah. he was sick yeah bro. he was shortlisted or was he long-listed? Short-listed. He was short-listed. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, so many people have started their careers based on that prize, so it was pretty good. So, mm. uh, yeah, it was really good. Cool. Um, yeah, what are you reading, Alex? What am I reading? If you are reading um, anything. I'm reading, I'm reading a lot of books this um, week. So, we're reading a book for, oh, the live show, which is happening tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, if you're there, know. you're there, you'll know the book. Um, but I'm also reading the um, the death of Noel Glass by someone called Gail Jones, which is I know Gail Jones, yeah, an Australian author. Mm. It's, it's quite a, it's quite an interesting book. Um, an art historian like dies in Italy, of course, um, <laughs> dies in Italy, and his children in Australia, Australia, you know, and his children in Australia have to go like, try to go to find out what caused his death because it's become a it's become part of an investigation. Something was stolen from a museum. And obviously, it coincides with Noah's, Noah's death. So, um, yeah, his kids, fully adult kids, like are on their way to try and find out what happened, and they have to go back. They have to go to Italy and figure it out. So it's like a murder mystery. Yeah, but it's quite an interesting. It was quite an interesting take because it's not a book that I'd usually pick up off my own choice, anyway. But mm. it's not a book that I usually pick up, and um, you know, it's set in Australia. Like for some reason, I just I'm just not drawn to those kind of books. Books set in cool. Australia. Like, like, uh, <laughs> like, I've not, I've not picked up any books that, are, that I've not picked up any books that. Are I mean, is that something you look for? On, on no, blur, but, but when I thought about it, when I thought about it, I'm like, I've never picked up a book that has anything that's been set in Australia. Yeah, I mean, before. but okay, <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. It's like, just I a find bit. that I find it just really like you know, really, really odd. Why? Why is that? I don't odd? know. I don't know. Like when I looked at the blurb and I yeah. was like, oh, okay. Um, cool. They're, they're in Australia. I don't know. I don't know. I find it weird. Hmm, I don't I think I've read a book set in Australia either. Actually. Yeah, but it was interesting because they're talking about they're in Sydney and, and Perth and like Melbourne and it's between those three cities. Mm. And uh, and then they talk about like the Aboriginals and um, and the like and all of that stuff and how his dad, like Noah's dad, was a was a was a medical missionary of some kind. I don't know. It was really interesting. I'm well, like, it sounds a bit dead to me. I mean, it's an int- it's in it's interesting to it's interesting to a point. But anyway, so also reading <laughs> um a book by a woman called Merv Emery. She's got a book called What's Your Type? And she's basically found out the history of the Myers Briggs um uh oh, okay. the Myers Briggs yeah, yeah. uh, personality testing. Yeah. She's going through it just to see how much of it um is actually used in business and used in people's interpersonal relationships yep. and what the impacts of such are. And yeah. she's just, you know, trying to create a case for it, if there is one. 
okay. to be had. That sounds interesting. That was really good. That, that's been a good book. That's been a good read. Cool. And uh, there's something about like nonfiction essays that just helped me just to like breeze through as if it, watching it, reading a documentary it's or nice, something. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, hear that still. What are you reading? Um, <laughs> You're an idiot. You're actually an idiot. I'm reading, um, I started reading Breakfast at Tiffany's by Truman Capote. Um, and I have to say, I don't like it. He's a good writer. He can write well. I just don't, there's little things that I'm just like, oh, do you have to be this racist? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really annoying. So he talks about um, how Holly Golightly, she's in Africa and, um, the way he describes the African is just like, oh, the primitive being or whatever. And there's a part where he's, the guy's basically saying, oh, Holly Golightly took a liking to one of the the natives. And then the bartender's like, oh, I don't think she would go that far. Like, as if they say, what? Dealing with a black man is, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just bare racist stuff in the in the book. So it's, it's making me shudder a bit, but I've got, I've got to keep going. I've got to finish it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll finish it. But um, yeah, don't like Holly Golightly. She's just really annoying. I don't understand what the fascination is with her. People think that she's... I don't know. I've not even seen the film, so I wouldn't even know. I haven't seen the film either. I just... Yeah. Audrey um, Hepburn. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Anyway, um, so that's what I've been reading and obviously the book for the live show tomorrow. But that's it. Cool. Um, main topic, we've got... Um, it's a poetry episode. It's a poetry episode. Today. We have two poems that um, have been picked by Sir Sir Derek. Yep. Of wherever he's from, and we. Do you want to actually? Do you want to introduce the poems, Sir? Yeah, sure, like sure. The these, first poems, poem. these poems reek of you. Really? Anyway, they uh, do. The They're f- like old and archaic. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so something that you would read in GCSE. English. Yeah, I think they do read them in Jesus. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, what's, what's the problem here? It just reminds me of... What? Those days. Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. Anyway, um, <laughs> the first poem we're doing is called Ozymandias by Percy Bush Shelley. And yeah, this is one of my favorite poems. I even, I've even got it tattooed on my arm. That's how that's how much I look like. You've got everything tattooed on your arm. I do have everything tattooed on my arms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just... I mean, can I recite it? If you want to recite if it, I, can I mean, recite it from I don't. Okay, go on. Okay. Um, I met a traveler from an antique land. Wrong. Huh? <laughs> what? What? How's it wrong? It's right. It's right. You, you're so annoying. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell the sculptor well those passions bred which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed and on the pedestal these words appear my name is Ozymandias, king of kings look on my works ye mighty and despair nothing besides remains round the decay of that colossal wreck boundless and bare alone and level sand stretched far away was I right? Yeah, boy. You got a word wrong. What word did I get wrong? That's for you to find out. <laughs> All right, whatever. Nah, I'm joking. It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. I, I love that poem. There are some poems that really stick with you, right? That one really stuck with me. It um, really... It reminds me because my English teacher used to make us uh, do poetry tests. So we had to remember passages and poems. So that's kind of what... He, that was a throwback. Mm. That was a throwback. So what do you think of it? 
I mean, first impressions. I remember reading this before. Oh, you read it before? I, okay. I think, and I and I was thinking like, I don't, there's nothing much that I. I don't know much. I remember reading it. I'm like, I'm. I, I talk to me about the poem. I'm not. I, but what I, I, was, I mean, what nothing, on the no, nothing, nothing grabbed me. Well, nothing so, what do you think the poem's me. about? Just a man. I think on the surface, a man. Yes, yes, a man that has gone to an antique land. <laughs> yes, and you know he's seen this amazing statue, this amazing feat, mm -hmm. this amazing building, and he's thinking, "I'm not worthy of this grand um, thing." Therefore, who am I? Who am I? No, Alex. That's what. what I, that's what. what I, that, that's why. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. I mean, there's nothing like it's been to tell me about the poem. I'm not really. This poem didn't really jump out at me. That, really? The next one. I thought that you would really, really like this one. No, because it doesn't, it's just, go on. What do you think? I mean, my interpretation of it is, it, is like the um, eth ephemeral nature of everything. So kind of like, is, I don't know if that's the right word. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, the transitory nature of everything. Nothing lasts forever. You can try your best to leave a mark on the world. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember you. But where does that, like, if we're looking at the poem and we're mm. dissecting the poem, where does that, where do you get that from? Because you're looking at it, you're looking at this image that, that is created. If you're reading it mm -hmm. and you're breaking it down, yes. where is that? Okay. When he's talking about the statue, mm -hmm. how it used to look, and the words, my name is Ozymandias, king of kings, look on my works, ye mighty and despair. And then nothing besides remains. Around the decay and that colossal wreck, alone and level right. sand stretched far away. Yeah, so basically that... means yes. Once, once you had a great empire, mm. you thought that you were the king of kings. You were like a god among men. Look how you treated people. You know, sneer and wrinkled lip, and you know, uh, sneer of cold command or whatever. Yeah. And now there's nothing, just sand blowing yeah. away. And that's why your your, your shattered visage is in the sand. Why, and that's why I mentioned that it kind of like shows how small you are. Yes, in comparison absolutely. to the world, this is yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you can be the that, that that's what that's what it showed to me. Do you see what I mean? Like, mm. obviously, it's obviously I am as my name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Obviously, that's a derelict now derelict site. Yeah, all of these. So you're you're saying that it shows you the temporariness of the world and the kind of yes. the kind of and the futility of trying to leave a mark. The no, I don't think there's a futility in that. But I, I think, think it, so. I think it's like the. Um, the futility of of landmarks of um, mm. so for example in London we have Nelson's Column mm -hmm. and all of these great war victories and whatnot. but another person that has come from another land can come and look at Nelson's Column yep. and not feel anything right like we can like we live in London and we're no historians we're no history buffs we know what we know Nelson's Column we see it wherever you know we go to Trafalgar Square we see there's was it is it are there four lions in Trafalgar Square or is it there are several lions in Trafalgar Square? Yeah. We nobody knows what they're there for. But you can still marvel at it. But you just be like, well, they're lions. But you you know that it's Lord Nelson. Is it Lord Nelson? Is that his name? Yeah, I Lord, don't know. Yeah, Lord, yeah. On standing I, on top of the column, you know that's who it is. Yeah, but like that's the thing. But and you can marvel at it. But he's not there, and it's like, and if you don't know who he is, you don't care. It's just this. It's just a statue. But even if you don't care, you can still marvel at the statue. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's I still. Know. Something to behold. Yeah, and it won't last. No, it won't last. Of course it won't. Yeah. But yeah. What, what I'm saying is that it doesn't even matter if mm. it means nothing to you. Mm. You can still marvel at it. Like, mm. wow, this is amazing, whatever, blah, blah, mm. blah. Mm. But um, yeah, the futility of that, like, 
And it's just, I, it, I mean, I think the classical interpretation of the poem is just like, it's about hubris and about pride, the mm. full coming before pride, you know? Yeah. So what do you, who do you, what do you think Ozymandias was like? Um, an asshole, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's clear that he was lording over people. Yeah. Ruling with an iron fist. But the thing is, if you like... I think it's based on a real um, pharaoh, I think, or king, I can't remember what his name was. Apparently there was a exhibition in a museum at the time and then Percy Buscelli wrote the poem. Um, somebody else wrote another poem as well um, along the similar theme. I can't remember who it was. Oh my God, I learned all of this and I'm now forgotten. But um, yes. But then who's the, but who, like I said, if we're reading the poem, then yeah. who is the, um, so he's, he's saying, look on my works, you mighty and despair. Yeah. Now whose works? Is it the sculptor's work? Or no, it's Ozymandias's works. So the Ozymandias's works. Yeah. Now, if you're a king and you've been lording it over so many people for so long, what yeah. works? What works? But they take because it, is it is it not the work of the sculptor yeah, that but is they being take, lorded over? Do you think? Do you think anybody remembers one of the names of the many many slaves who died putting the um, Great Pyramid of Giza together? No, but they remember the Pharaoh, mm. who was Pharaoh at the time of it being built. Okay. Kings take responsibility for these marvels, these things. Mm. Queens, you know, Cleopatra's needle. People don't, they don't care who came up with the blueprints for it. Do you understand? But then again, like, so in this situation now, the, but Ozymandias is still there. That's true. In a comparison, like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking yeah, at it now, I'm just thinking he's actually still there now. Because but he, he, he's, fake. he's not going to be there for much longer. He's not going to be there for much longer, but he's still there. People still marvel at his feet, <laughs> like his trunkless legs of stone. Like, people, a, people, a, people still marvel at that. That's a good point. That's the same thing. And the same thing, like Nelson is not there. Mm -hmm. People still marvel at this work. But that's why, they, that's why they build these things. That's why they put them together. But I think the point is that you can do all of these things, try your hardest to leave a mark. But at the end of the day, the last person who remembers you will eventually die. The last monument on which your name is etched will fade away. Yeah. Have you seen... Um, uh, um, a, a Disney film called Coco. Nah. You've not seen it? I've never even heard of it. Not seen it. You need to watch Coco. Yeah. But basically, it's a. Um, is it Disney? Or is it Pixar? Not Pixar, sorry. Is it Dixie or DreamWorks? Coco. What's it about? So basically, it's like this kid um, and, he, and he's in a. It's really cool. Like, he's in this Mexican family. And you know, like, they've got the Dia de los Muertos. So, like, they've got the day where the dead can come back to the earth, come back to the living. Before you just throw some Spanish yeah. on it. Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, so he's like, oh, so each year their family, like they, you know, they have the the rose petals, and it's like the fact that the ancestors can come back to the living and just be around them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But they have to have their um, their family's portraits up, right? And something happened in because um, it will give away the, the story. Something happened in their family where the um, where the grandmother um, became widowed and she or, or like a divorcee or whatever, and she didn't know where her husband was her the great great grandmother so throughout the generations they and he was a musician so since he left they all decided that no music was going to happen in the family at all long story short the, the one of the boys ends up going to the to the land of the dead and finds and tries to find his relative um to bring him back but there's this there's this narrative in the story where um once you are forgotten yeah by those that are living, you no longer exist in the afterlife. 
to come back to like, do you know what I mean? Like, so your presence, your presence in the afterlife is only as it's maintained um, by yeah, the it's living. Yeah, maintain, it's maintained by the living. That's interesting. And like, if your and if your photo is not up on the mantel, the mantelpiece on the day of the um, the day of the dead, the the ancestors, the spirits can't come back. It's like mm. a passport. Like they, the way they've, they've the way they've like pictured it on um on the film is that it's like a passport thing. Like yeah, you know, oh your your picture's up, you can go through. It's not up, you can't you can't leave kind of thing. Coco. It's called Coco. I actually want to watch that. Watch it, watch it. Like I've watched it, I watched it twice. I watched it back to back. Yeah. I was like, this is just brilliant. Obviously it's a, it's a, it's a kid's film as well. So mm. it's a lot, it's a lot of music. Yeah. yeah, lot yeah. Of stuff, but it's great. And it's um, set in Mexico. But okay. that's kind of that. Like, you know, your, your, your presence is only survived by the living in a sense. And it was an, it was a interesting way to look at the dead. Like, you know, so you've got all your ancestors, you've got all your, your grandparents or your parents, or whatever, whoever's passed away, they survive via your memory. And yeah. there's an instance in the film where there was one person and his he his mem- he was disappearing because the oldest living person that can remember him was losing her memory and dying. So that that makes me now think once the last person who remembers you dies, once every any mark you've made on this world has vanished, can anybody even say that you ever existed in the first place? Now that's the thing. Someone like Someone like, for example, Shakespeare, mm. for example, he will forever continue, well, he, for longer than most people yeah. because his works carry him. And it's like celebrities, they tend to have a lot more in the afterlife. In, the, in this context, in this story, they tend to have a lot more in the afterlife because they are remembered. So many people. All, by so many people. Like, they've got yeah, pictures yeah. of them everywhere. There's music of them. There's their plays. There's their writings. There's all these different things. And there's so many writers and musicians or just general people who would just be erased into nothingness. That's kind of really thing. interesting. And it, yeah. was a, and it was an interesting philosophy. So, yeah. I know. It's like, you know, um, I don't know if you've read a poem called We Are Seven by William Wordsworth. No. And it's about this. I think I've spoken about this before. It's about I think it's a little girl and a man is asking, oh, how many brothers and sisters do you have? And she's like, we are seven. And he's like, okay, tell me about them. And she says, oh, one of them is buried in a grave. And he's like, oh, so there's six of you. And she's like, no, we're seven. I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, she's like, no, there's seven of us. And he's like, okay, but this one's dead. And the the, the child kind of like can't really understand what he's trying to say. And it always makes me think that, hmm, at what point do you actually say I don't have a brother anymore if your brother has died because you do have a brother. He's just dead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like in Goodwill Hunting when, um, it's a little bit different, but in Goodwill Hunting when, um, when Will was talking to a therapist and he's like, you know, you should go out and meet somebody new. And his therapist is just like, my wife is dead. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, so that's why you should go meet. out. And, and he's like, no, my wife is dead. So he's essentially saying, I still have a wife. She's just dead. Mm-hmm. I'm still married. My wife's just dead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It just really makes me think about, yeah, our position and then to get all, you know, fancy philosophical and stuff, but it's just the how we exist in the world as well. Mm. At what point do we say we exist? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard to explain. It makes me think of like idealism and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Idealism, exactly. Just like that. So the idea that someone has to be looking at you in order for you to exist. Do you know what mm, I mean? So mm. people have to, if people remember you or thinking of you, then you maybe you you still exist in some way, 
shape or form, just like in that movie. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. 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 And so Sorry, I just went so, off on no, one. no, no, it's fine because then we've got Ozzy because now we've got Ozzy Mandias who's there and people are still talking about him, mm. even though he was, you know, as they say, he was a horrible man and his only is it only his like a half sunk shattered visage lies yeah. and all that stuff. Um but people will still marvel at that. And yeah. I just find that really But he's halfway to obscurity. He'll be there soon. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he'll be there soon. Yeah. And it's like that's why I always found it weird, right? So I will, I've always had this thing about graveyards. Okay. All right. So is I, it's gonna get weird. No. Okay. Why would it get weird? I mean, what am I, I doing I, in gra- some people do weird things in graveyards, I mean, Alex. They're quiet, they're peaceful places. Okay. So Anyway, okay, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so what it is is like when you see when you go to a graveyard, right? And like you know, you it's it's something that I find really strange that there's a place where people are buried with a headstone and with certain dates on it, and you know, there's going to be a point where the family are no longer going to be available to come and visit those graves, right? So when you go and see like these these graves are like of like are slanted proper slanted and they're old it's like Mash oh up, yeah such and such from 1790 thing to 18 whenever and you're like all right what do you do with, with these graves now like what was the purpose of having these graves so what should they do with the bodies put them in a blender or something i don't know man i told you i, I, told, <laughs> you, I'm, I told you i'm big on cremation and oh right okay. i'm big on like i'd rather i'd rather there be a place that you know even if it was like a forest, even if you yeah. planted a tree, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, I'm big on. But but the bodies dissolve. They, it's like you you're you know to the dust we shall return. We literally are fed back into the earth, and but then we, become, we, we become oils. Then, then it becomes an economic issue because then you're like coffins are expensive and so are headstones. So good grief. So we should just. You <laughs> I know, mean, I'm, can I ask I mean, you a I mean, question? I'm not like I'm I'm not trying to like be no, no, dis- insensitive to the situation, but yeah, I'm yeah. just like the people need to. I, I just feel like I'm thinking in a way. Yeah. You know? Can I ask you a question? You know mm. cremation? Is it literally... Fire. They they burn you into ash? Yeah. Is it literally that? Yeah. Literally, they put you in. Yeah. They crank it up. Yeah. And whew. So that ash that people bring home in urns or whatever... It's the people. That's actually my brains, my heart, my liver, my lungs, bones, everything, teeth. Everything. Into dust. Mm-hmm. Fuck off! No, it's not. It is. No, it's fucking not. Uh, it's like, it's, it's at, at very least, it's your bones and, it's, the, and the suit you're wearing. Maybe the bones. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, how the hell is that? Fuck off, Alex. What? I'm going to Google this now because I just had the thought. I'm going to Google this one. Let me actually have a look. But um, yeah, like I think that yeah, I just find I find graveyards really strange because I feel like they're just they're, they're hallowed places. But yeah. then it's like, well, what is there now? Yeah, because the. Yeah, I just find it weird. Right, okay. But then and, and they will just end up people going off into obscurity. Like, you know, people and the people that are supposed to go and visit them will just die too. Mm. And they're just like plots and plots of places. And what I found out as well, you know, like around Euston. Yeah. Where around the station, around those green areas where they're building on now and stuff, there used mm. to be like graveyards. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. They yeah. Kind of- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Like, had to dig it up and, you know. But what are we supposed to do, bro? Just leave the place, like, let's build on top. Anyway. Um, <laughs> for, for, like, for real, bro. <laughs> you, know, but you think to yourself, like, you know, the population's growing. Mm. Therefore, does it make sense to have a graveyard? Does it make sense to have a burial? I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. Um, so anyway, yes. So that was Ozymandias. Um, glad you liked it, though. I thought he was going to hate it. If Ray was here, she'll probably be like, she hates it. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, so what's the second poem, Alex? So the second poem is by a man called John Don, mm-hmm. and it's called No Man is an Island. No, 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 no. That's not what it's called. Can you let me finish? Go on. It's well known as No Man is an Island uh-huh. from Meditation 17. Ah. Uh, um, part of Meditation 17. Um, yeah, like a little chunk. Let me read it. So, no man is an island, entire of himself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. As well as if a promontory were, no, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a man of, of thy friends or, or of thine own, own were. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never sent to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Mm. I mean, you butchered it a little bit. There's bare, like, I mean, I mean <laughs> it's the first time I'm reading it. First time I'm reading it aloud, okay, to right. be honest. Yeah. So I could see that you were just thinking, he's just ruining it. I was just like, he's oh, ruining, he's ruining this. sacred text. <laughs> he's ruining it. I could just see you in the corner of my eye, but you know what? We, we move. We move forward and we continue. <laughs> And I own that I butchered half of it. Hmm. But at the same time, there are so many, like, so many things coined from this poem into popular culture. Yeah. No Man is an Island, Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. You know, it tolls for thee, etc. But anyway, what do you think about this? Um, I love this poem. I was going to get this tattooed on me as well. It's, but the, it's a poem about loneliness, right? Um, I think it's a poem about the universal connection between mankind and everything like so it's like if one of us dies then someone else like not if one of us dies if you die i die basically do you know what i mean if something happens to you it happens to me too do you know what i mean you know no man is an island we're all connected we're all part of the world and blah 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 so therefore and i heard this from maya angelou actually she basically said that back in the day when somebody died they would um told the bell the bell they'll ring the bell mm-hmm and then people will be like, oh, who, who's dead? Who they, who's the bell tolling for? And that's why he says, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee, mm. which means one person has died. We've all died. Do you know what I mean? 
Okay. Um, I think that's the kind of classical interpretation of the poem. And that's what I get from it. It's interesting. It used to make me think about the responsibility that we have for each other. Whether we actually have a responsibility for each other. Are we this, you know, mankind where we all love each other and, you know, we all respect our neighbours. Why did it make you think that? Why did it make you feel that, of all things? Because responsibility for one another. Hold on, let me read this poem again. Yeah, responsibility for <laughs> one another. I mean, why? Huh? Why? Because there's lines in it that allude to that. So no man is an island entire of itself. Yeah. Every and man is a piece of the continent, a part, a part of, of the main. main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. Which, okay, what does that mean? Basically, if... If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. Yeah, so if one of us goes, mm-hmm. then mankind has been diminished. The oh, human as in, race le- as in the less, as in less. Yeah. Place. Okay, cool. Do you know what I mean? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. and it just made me feel, think because obviously you think about, okay, if we're all connected, if we're all connected, we have responsibility for each other. Then I thought, do we have responsibility for each other? How much, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you see somebody, like yesterday I was sitting on the train and there was a woman opposite me and she was really crying and everybody was kind of like just pretending they didn't notice. One, because they were just like, it's not my business. Mm. Or... You know, I have no idea why she's crying. You know, it might not even be that serious or it might be too serious. I was just looking at her. I was in my my black mode. So I was literally just staring at her like, mm. Mm. but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, but there was a nice lady next to her. She took out some Kleenex and she gave her some tissues. I feel like that's probably enough in in, in, in London anyway, yeah. in, in polite British society, yeah. just offering uh, tissues, basically me saying, you know, I feel your pain. I'm sorry that you're crying. So... I've I had this kind of conversation with my friend this week and we were talking about that and it was um interesting because I was like he saw something happen he saw something going on with somebody like in in the street and I was like and he was like oh is that person okay like um I want to say something I want to do something and I'm like my friend like this is London mm. you know what I mean you are like for your own personal safety you need to actually like assess the situation and figure out whether it's your own whether it's your business or not to step into these things too many and too often a time do we see people step in to like be like oh what's going on what's going on and then they get themselves caught up in in the the shaggery of somebody else's problem true um and i was just like you know there's this as you said there's that responsibility for one another that that you know like handing someone a tissue like i don't know whether i would have done that because i feel like sometimes Am I just intruding in someone's in someone's space like that? I get that. And then, but, but then also it's a and also it's a. I do sometimes feel like, well, is was there also a choice for you to stand to sit on the, to get on the train and cry on the train rather than crying on the platform? What happened? With, like what what was going through your mind to make you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, Alex, why are you thinking like that? I don't know. No, I'm just like no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I what, I'm, mean, I'm, what? I'm thinking, what is it? What is it? I know that personally, if I was, if I was going through that stuff, I make sure that I'm I'd have to just like try to contain myself she was I crying I could tell she was crying she would stop she will breathe and then she, you could just see her face mm. scrunching up like it's coming back the memory of whatever it is that's happened it's coming back do you know what I mean like I and don't know and it's hard it's, yeah. it's hard to discern but then when you're like when we're living in a world where so many people's lives are taken for less for such little and petty things or people are or end up getting caught you don't know man. and you see all these things that happen to people you know they, they talk to somebody 
you know, um, who's going through something like that and then mm. they get a stalker. Yeah. Or they, they intervene in a situation, you know, trying to protect somebody else. But you don't know the full story. You just begin yeah. trying to protect someone and then they end up having, they end up being harmed. Look, Alex, I know and you're missed up, like, mind, mind my business. I but, get it, but... Sometimes, like you, right now, you sound really cold blooded. No, it's not even cold. Like, you know what I mean, bro? <laughs> but like, it's not cold blood. Like, it's not about being cold blooded because my heart does go out to a lot of people a mm. lot of time, a lot of the times. But at the same time, I have to make sure that I've got to. I want to know. Like, I want to know that what I'm getting myself into is. So you think about yourself, first. but you have to. You do have to because if you like, especially in a, especially in a city as turbulent as London or in any of these situations, a lot of people, you put yourself, you put yourself into these people's spaces and into their shoes and whatnot a lot of the time where you step into these situations, oh yeah, stop this, stop this, that and the other. And then you end up becoming the victim I mean, something. I get it, yeah, but something so like that you do have to be careful because there's do, yeah. million people in the city, you know. But no, I know, but no one's telling you to run out and be Superman or whatever, but just hiding someone in tissue. Yeah. That's a nice gesture. Like even after I saw that, my first thought was, I need to start carrying tissues in my bag in case I run into someone crying on the train. I mean, like, obviously, yeah, if someone, if someone has the resources, mm. you know, and it doesn't harm, other, like, in, like, you know, and it's yeah, not harming anybody, I mean, then yeah, exactly. I mean, that makes sense to do so. I'm not saying go out and put yourself in danger, but when I say personal responsibility for mm. each other, maybe just like, yeah, if you see, like, whenever I see somebody struggling up the stairs with suitcases and stuff, whether it's a man or a woman, I always just be like, do you want a hand, mate? Like, can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I really try and do that. Or if I'm, if you see somebody's like, why do you do that? Because they clearly need some help. So I can, I, I have a free hand. Why don't I give you it? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. well, you just mind your business. No, no. Oh, it dep- depends on who it is. What does that mean? Depends on whether I feel like number one. Depends on where I'm going and how yeah. quickly I need to get there. Yep. So I will. I the and which I which I usually am on the tube. So I do it. Mm. Um, if it's a fam, for example, if it's a family, and I and they're putting the pushchair up the stairs. I mean, I was yeah. talking to my um, talking to one of my cousins about this the other day, and I was like, you know, if I'm walking and I see like a family and they they're pulling the the chair up and they're struggling, I've also got to I've also got to remember what my position is. I can't go in there and I don't like the idea of somebody swooping in to to help. Okay, especially if. Um, you know, especially if I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know what, I feel like they can they can do what they need to do. Sometimes some people need that, but then also I sweeping in to, to act like some to to like just be. Oh my god, I can I can come and do this for you. I can come and bring this up the stairs for you. I can do it for you. It's not even like but that. If it's, it's just... if it's if it's an and then so that's slightly different. I don't know. I just I've I have to weigh up the situation. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I can't apply it to every every single yeah every single situation. I just feel like. I get that's, I how, mean, that's how you kind of lead yourself into so many different... So now um, I'm curious to ask you now, because obviously this poem is easily related to, to kind of like social movements and stuff where, you know, if one of us isn't free, none of us are free. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, so how do you feel about that then? Yeah. How do you if, feel one of, if one of us isn't free, none of us are free. Yeah. How do you feel about, you know, social movements that really put emphasis on absolutely everybody, you know? One person cannot be left behind because that means that, you know. Can you give me an example of a social movement that does that? Just so that I've got context. Uh, okay. So, the you know, a lot of black power movements back in the day had that philosophy. Um, I'm pretty sure I see a lot of people now, a lot of activists now mm-hmm. who are basically, I mean, especially like um, black movements now who are basically like 
for too long we've kind of not been regarded in the um lgbtq um, plus community so now if they're not free we're not free either do you know what mm. i mean that kind of thing where do you where do you stand on that then not specific to that no, example, i do i do think i do think that you know like everybody everybody is entitled to their freedom and i'm very positive with the fact that that will come but everybody has everybody has a has a role to play in that whether it means that you are fighting from the inside, whether it means you're fighting from the outside, whether it means that you're in, like you're you're making plans to to change something here, there, or whatever. Everybody needs to they do need to rally together and do those things. But it's not about it's not about explicitly. Do you see what I mean? What do you mean? It's not about saying, "Oh right," because um, ego would have to go completely. Ego, yes. ego would have to go yeah. completely. So therefore you have to be like, well, I'm doing this on the ground. I'm doing this and the other. What are you doing? You don't want all of us to be free because you're not doing what I'm doing. That's where I kind of become quite wary of certain of movements because it's like, it's a, it's a constant comparison as to what well, I'm doing this. Therefore you're not doing that. So therefore you're not, you, you don't have the same kind of um, values as I do. But then that person could be really um, trying to change things in the way that they, they can. And I think that each person is trying to change things in the way that they can possibly, they can physically do it, mm. mentally do it, mm. emotionally do it. Do you see what I mean? I see and everybody, so that's where I stand on those kind of movements. And I feel like nobody is going to be the same. No one's going to give it the same kind of energy. There are some people that are just, that their purpose in life is to be the leader of those movements. And that's what, and that's what they're there to do. They're there to mm. rally up the people to do so. But there's other people who are supposed to be there sending the tweets or are supposed to be there talking to talking to officials or whatever. Mm. They're supposed to everybody everybody plays their part. So I do definitely think that everybody is um that freedom is for everybody. Yeah. And you know, you do have to fight for freedom for everybody in order for there to be a certain level of peace. Yeah. Okay. But um you have to remember that your where your position is and what everybody else's position is. You cannot yeah. look for uniformity sometimes. Oh I no, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. I get that. At the end of the day, look, when I'm on the train and someone gives their seat up to somebody else i'm kind of like oh shit i'm feel embarrassed like oh, i should have got up but why why do you feel embarrassed what because is that level of shame that is being, being and unless the person is infirm or i'm sitting no in, that's or, what i mean or yeah. i'm sitting in the, the seat which is allocated for yeah. those infirm or if it's a family and i feel like there's a little there's, child little bl- yeah <laughs> you say little black child i was about to say a little black boy <laughs> it's because in, in my mind i was thinking of a little black boy no, I saw yesterday just what i'm saying but like if it's yeah. if it's those kind of situations then you have to you make the choice you figure you figure out what that choice is nine times out of ten mm. someone's going to say no don't worry but if you if you if you, if you, have you sit there and you make the choice you yeah. make the judgment you know sometimes i'm tired too like sometimes I'm physically tired too, so therefore, what must I do? I must get up because I feel like you're too calculated in your altruism, Alex. It's not even that. It's not even that. Like I just, I was, I will sit down. Like sometimes I'm literally like, if I feel like I can stand up for the length of the journey that I'm supposed to be going, mm. then I will stand up and do so. Fair enough. You know what I mean? And sometimes if I feel tired, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna be tired, and I'm gonna look, and I'm gonna face front, and I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. If I need to sit down and read the book, if I'm in a passage in a book and my concentration cannot be broken I'm not going to be looking around to see who's coming to do whatever I need to do because I need to focus on what well I'm you should be you should be looking around because there might be someone who really needs the seat and you're stuck in this is what I'm saying yeah. this is what I'm saying if I'm not if I'm in the if I'm in the end seat mm. you know in the tube they've got the end seat yeah but even the, if you're not in the end seat but if I'm in the middle and I'm literally like 
just and I got and I'm sitting down in the seat. Yeah. That's my right as a person who's paying for the TV, TFL to sit in that seat. So. It is your right. I'm not saying okay. Anyway, no, but, like, but, we like, all know, know we, we all know how Alex is. But you're not saying what? Well, I do. I do see what you're saying, but you know but, it's just a bit. But um, what? I can't be. I can't be everywhere for everybody. I know, but we I'm should saying? try. I need to. Why? Why not? Because you'll get to, you will get exhausted if you're trying to be everywhere for everyone. I mean, you, yeah. you're looking up at everybody and thinking, oh, is that best? Sometimes I need to read this book. Yeah. To come and do this show, to talk about it. I know, <laughs> or I get I need to it. Come but and I just do this see, thing to write this review. Do you see what I, I mean? I guess maybe because I'm, it's very, very easy for me to see the importance in other people's lives and their well being and stuff. So, but then you, but that's what I mean. So it's, but it's like, that's fine. Mm. And that's a great thing to do at the expense of your own well being. Yeah. That, that's when it becomes destructive. There needs to be balance. Because I can do it. Because I can do it. Mm. And I have done it. It's like, I would, you know what I mean? I, and I have done it. I get what you're saying. I think I'm just kind of, yeah, okay, fair enough. You know what I mean? Um, but do get up for people that can't <laughs> physically stand up, guys. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm yeah. just saying there are days when, you know, my back is hurting <laughs> or my leg hurts or I'm tired and I want to sit down. Yeah. If I have to stand, I'll stand. Okay, fair so, enough. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um. Anyway, so yes, those have been the two poems. No, do you have any more questions for actually on that one? No, I'd have no more questions, mate. Mm. I mean, your your whole seat um, <laughs> should be all kind of, <laughs> It's weakened me. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, um, yes. Ozymandias and Meditation 17 or No Man is an Island. Read them. They're really, really good. Read them. Let us know what you think. Mm. I really want to know what people think about these two poems because I hold them both very dear to my heart. I've got one tattooed on my arm and that. So Yeah. Um, mm. yeah also, I want, I want to hear what your guys' views are on personal responsibility. Um, yeah, me too, actually. As well. Yeah, mine I'm obviously mine obviously fluctuates depending on where I am. I can say all of this now. On the mood, the mood you're in. Yes, yeah, fine. I can say all of this now. I won't get up. I won't do this. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But if I'm sitting on a tube and I and and I feel mm. and I feel my spirit tells me to get up, I'm gonna mm. get up. Somebody, do you know what I mean? Okay, I'm um, coming to do U turn. I know. It's just like <laughs> it's what it is. Like when no one is, no one, no, no one's no, consistent. No. no one is consistent. You can't, and you can't. No one, no one's consistent. But at this moment in time, when my back is actually hurting, I'm sitting down. <laughs> so I'm gonna be like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let us know what those um, what about those poems, guys. So moving on to mostly flicks. Oh God! Yeah. And this was one of my all-time favorite rom-coms. I guess you could call it a rom-com, kind of um, movie of all time. It is Show me the money. Jerry Show Maguire. me the money. Show me the money. <laughs> Dead. I love that movie. What did you think? So I don't like Tom Cruise oh, at all. Goodness. I don't okay. like him at all. Right. I think he looks just I think he looks weird. I think there's something odd about him and his stature. I mean, I just think he's a strange man. I said, did you like the movie? I just I'm, I'm going through it. Like, okay. I'm going through the movie. So I mean, but Tom Cruise, I think Yeah, so the movie. I don't know, man. It was a really interesting movie about how when you put your morals ahead mm. of your career, how that can kind of like, you know, in the in, in the society that we live in can kind of be a detriment to your whole frame of mind. Yeah. And um, your career, it could end you. It ended him, it nearly ended him. Nearly ended him. It nearly ended, nearly ended him. So long story short, he's a sports agent. If you've not seen it, he's a sports agent. Um, found out that they were more about the money than the clients. Um, and then this, and then Jerry Maguire wrote a manifesto for his um, it's a mission statement. Mission statement for <laughs> his mission statement for his company. Told showed everybody, everybody agreed, but then he ended up like losing his job. And this is the story of 
how he survived thereafter. Yeah. Essentially, it's a story about relationships, I, about love. I thought that was the myth because when I was like, I was like, this is moving very quickly. Like what, his relationship with no, him. no, no, not that. Like at the very like you know, he's a sports, he's a sports guy. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. Then he realized like all of that happens in the, like the first twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is moving very quickly. So what is the main story? Yeah. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Tom Cruise's character in there, I didn't find it that convincing. I didn't find his relationship with the little boy convincing. You didn't? No, I didn't. I don't know why. There was some. I love the little boy. He's so cute. He was in Stuart Little. Yeah, he's the cutest little boy. Um, but I didn't find their relationship convincing. The person I found most convincing in that movie was Cuba Gooding Jr. Like he won an Oscar for that. Didn't of, he? Yeah, of course he had to have because he's so good in that movie. He's just so annoying and then you're just kind of like you feel sorry for him and then you love then you're so happy for him at the end and then his relationship with jerry i like that but i could tell that he loved jerry i couldn't tell that jerry loved him <laughs> i couldn't tell but i think it was hard for i think it was hard for jerry to love anybody wasn't it because he like even when he was in love with what, what, um what's her name dorothy yeah when he's in love with dorothy um i'd still don't i mean even when he came back doing i'm looking for my wife Bruv, I don't even know if he's loved her. I don't know if he was yeah, in love with her. Actually, yeah, it was unconvincing. And unconvincing. Is that just that's just him for as an actor, then, isn't it? He's not a very convincing actor, really. But it was he was unconv- it was unconvincing as how he acted it out. But also his character. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether his character would have known whether he loved Dorothy or not. You don't think he would have? No, I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Good film. I think that... I loved um, it. Um, I, some chill moments. There were some moments where I got chills, man. Like what? Um, well, obviously the end. I got chills at the end. Mm. Um, I got chills when Cuba Gooding Jr. got the $11.4 million deal and then he starts crying. Got chills that moment. I got chills when he... Um, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. cries in every film that he's in. Is it? He doesn't cry in... Um, uh, as good as it gets. I've not seen that actually. Yeah, I've seen as good as it gets. No. Oh my god, Alex, we ha- no, I we're seen gonna that. do mostly fix on as good as it gets. Okay, it's so fucking good. I haven't seen that, but I know that he cries in the fight, the fighting temptation. I ain't seen that shit. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Who's in that again? <laughs> Angie Stone, Montel well, <laughs> Jordan. Oh, is it? I heard there was um, some other actor in there. Yeah. She can't act though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but we shall not say her name. Man in my business. Man in my business. <laughs> I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to uh, unleash God. unleash any of them. But yeah, like I feel like he. I feel like he does cry in nearly all the films he's in. But um, yeah, I think and like Regina King's and everything. As all these. Oh, uh, I love Regina. She was good in that. She was. She was good in as a like. She's always a secondary character, and it's just like. Yeah. So Julie just pops up out of nowhere and it's like, oh, it's Regina King. True, yeah. She is like, a secondary yeah, character. Yeah, and it's but I found it weird. What I found strange. Didn't you didn't you feel kind of weird watching it and knowing it was nineteen ninety six that the film was made? No, that didn't cross my mind. It didn't cross your mind because I felt like I felt like the way um Dorothy was acting and she yeah. was a twenty six year old she was supposed to be a twenty six year old in that film. Yeah. And I don't think any 26-year-olds act like that nowadays. Act like what? Like the way that she was acting like was... Like man-hungry. Not man... She wasn't acting man-hungry. She was acting man-hungry. No, she wasn't. Alex. She was acting man-hungry. Okay. Come on. I'm I mean, try- I'm I, I, to, there's I'm nothing try- wrong with it. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. 
I felt like she was like um, so so invested in in this job. Like she, I've, I've, for some reason, I felt like she was older than she was than she was supposed to be. I mean, she I mean? probably had to grow up fast because she had a child quite young. Mm. You know, and what? How old is he? Five. Something? Child was like five, which means she had him when she was twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. So I just felt like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know what you mean, but yeah, I, I found her quite convincing. Mm. Actually, I liked her character. But she like watching cute. a lot of watching a lot of shows lately, like mm. was set in the nineties. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you could have just like, like fully embraced the nineties, being the age that we're at? Do you think that that, that would have been a, a fun time? Oh, yeah. To do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the thing is, like, there was the a certain... would have been banging. There's a certain level of simplicity. And everyone just shagging and stuff. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Come on. But, like, like that's the thing. They, they still are now, to be honest. But I feel yeah, like... But it's a lot more complicated these days. Yeah, it is a lot more complicated. But then also, I think that um, there was just a little simplicity in the style, simplicity in the mindset. Mm. There were just little things that just were kind of like... They obviously, they had their negatives. But I don't know. I just when I was watching things like Jerry Maguire and seeing just how, you know, like I don't know, easy going things were. Yeah, considering I was five when it was made, when it came out. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I felt like it, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the film. I'm glad you did. I enjoyed the film, and it ends up being a very corny love story. The yeah. End. The um. The whole. You had me at hello. I think that's only corny because we it's it's literally <laughs> ingrained in pop culture now. Do you know what I mean? Just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh God, come on now. Oh God. It's like, um, oh, what's that Dustin Hoffman film? Which one? Rain Man. It's not Rain Man. Marathon Man. I've never seen that. And he's like, he's like, what's it? I don't know what her name is, but I think it's like, Elaine, Elaine. And he's like, break and he, um, he destroys, no, he disrupts her wedding. No, I've never seen it. I've never no. seen it. No, no, no. You need to watch Marathon Man, I think. I think it's Marathon Man. People love shouting women's names, innit? Yeah, but like it was just like there was this it's just something about eighties and nineties films that were just kinda like very weird scripted situations that were going on. He was shouting yeah. Elaine for a good minute on the film. Yeah. And I was like, this didn't need to happen. Right. I, you can actually stop. I Let think write it was, that down. I'm gonna watch that. As I well. think it was Elaine. Let me know if I'm wrong, guys, but I think that it was. Cool. Yeah, and I think I watched it the other day. But otherwise Anyway. So yes. Come to the end of the show. Come to the end. Of the road. Thank you for listening, guys. Yes. Do you have anything that you want to shout out about this week? Um, yes. I just want to say, you know, if you are suffering in silence with, you know, mental health issues or you feel like there's just something a bit off with how you feel, talk to somebody, Mm -hmm. chat to someone. Do you know what I mean? Most definitely. Like, don't suffer in silence. It's just, it's not worth it. There are actually some people who care. And I know it's hard to actually believe that people care. I struggle every day to believe that people who are reaching out to me really give a shit. It's hard. But speaking is just, it's better. Or tweet about it. Or write in a diary. Don't feel embarrassed, you know. Like, because personally, I feel like if people don't see that you're suffering, they'll treat you like you're absolutely normal. And I don't think that people should do that. Mm. If I've got a broken leg, if I've got a wound, you're not going to prod it. Mm. But because people can't see mental health issues, you know what I mean? This is why sometimes with the cuts that I have, I look at them and it just reminds me that I'm really fucking suffering. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's like my say, pain made visual. Do you I, would, understand? I would say be careful with what you share online as well. Just be careful. Because a lot of things... Yeah. 
it's a weird if we're coming back to the topic of um personal responsibility mm. and stuff like that you do not know who you're triggering you right. do not know what you're triggering you don't know who's done what or whatever but also it's always good to find somebody or to find something to confide in mm. and i know there's a there's a there's a um there's a, there's a kind of security a kind of like comfort of of um sharing with with quote unquote strangers on the internet yeah which is something that we that you know as a generation we tend to do a lot yeah um but also i would just say just be mindful of like what you're sharing and how you're sharing it yeah especially when you know like there's a lot of people they do have people in if you if you don't have anybody in your life that you can share these things with it's a, it's a, it's going to be it's always difficult to be able to um to to share of course things with people i do find that with when i say like you know you can tweet about it and stuff one because it is a form of release at least it is for me when i tweet about certain things how i'm feeling mm-hmm. but then sometimes there are nice people who will reach out to you and talk to you and and they will genuinely try to help you do you know what i mean um but I just, yeah, I feel like that's important. And also, don't forget, there are helplines you can call. You can call Samaritans on 0208-368-6789. Um, and that's a suicide hotline. You can talk to people. They're very nice, very friendly, and it's absolutely confidential. So please don't suffer in silence. Yeah, don't suffer in silence at all. Just make sure that you're actually having conversations with with people. In it, chat to the mandem, chat to the gal them. <laughs> Talk to people. Talk, that, to, people, talk to people that you know that you can trust, and like make sure that you know if you can, if you can. Obviously, this is um, economic depending, but if you can get into therapy, I would suggest it, like a hundred percent, just because right, know, man. Just do whatever it takes, isn't it? You got to do whatever it takes to get yourself right. Your friends aren't going to prod you in the same way a therapist will. Neither will your family, so. Make sure that you like if you just just you've got all the options are there. Just make sure you're taking it. And if you're a black or Asian or minority minority ethnic, um, there's the Black and Asian Therapy Network. Oh yes, which fantastic. You can, which you can go to, which yeah. is the bat batn yeah dot co uk or dot uk, one of the two. So make sure you can go there and you can actually, you know, if you want to someone that looks like you or someone that like wants to talk to you about any issues that are specific mm. to culture. Um, they are great. Yep. That's yeah. where I found my therapist. And mine too. So. Cool. Yes. That's been our final thought, guys. All right. Um, join us next time on Mostly Lit. Yeah. See ya. Okay, lit. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.